0: Welcome to the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Friday, September 16th, our first kicker Friday of the actual NFL season. Mark Schofield alongside Chuck Zotta. We had a little Jets-Bills action last night, and we'll dive into that at the appropriate time. But for now, Chuck's going to focus on some of the takeaways that he had from the first week that was in NFL special teams play, Chuck. I turn the microphone over to you, and where would you like to begin?
1: Well, we, we can start with kickers, I think, and, and I want to start uh, in particular with one of the stronger kicking performances overall that we've seen in recent years, and that's from Dan Bailey uh, of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Bailey's a guy who, coming into the season, I put him as well as Steven Goskowski of the Patriots uh, really you know up in that upper echelon that top tier you know those two guys are the two top guys that I see out there in the NFL today and Bailey really proved it with this performance here because, you know, he was absolutely outstanding in terms of what he was able to do. Four for four on field goals, extra points, one for one, drilling, you know, just about every kick through the end zone in terms of uh, what he was doing on kickoffs as well. And, you know, the fact that he also, you know, comes in with a 56 and a 54 yard, and a lot of people thought Hey, maybe Dan Bailey should have had you know a sixty-plus yard attempt if uh, if Terrence Williams had been able to get out of bounds at the end of the game. But Bailey really, with an outstanding performance here, he was just about flawless. And honestly, if he had had an attempt from you know sixty-two, sixty-three yards to win this game, and had he hit that, we're probably talking about this is one of the three or four best kicking performances in a regular season game uh, for all time. You know, this it doesn't get over the hump of. What I saw from Justin Tucker back in that game that we covered over the summer from uh, twenty was twenty thirteen, I believe. Yep. It, it doesn't get over that hump just because Tucker scored every point in a game that had playoff implications, but it's you know it's it's really close. I mean this this is a game that as I'm going through and scoring it, you know it's it is nearly a flawless performance from Bailey here. Now,
0: you mentioned uh, kickoffs, and one of the storylines that I know you're going to be watching is sort of the new kickoff rules and how teams are handling that. Through this first week of games, what have you seen? How have teams approached the kickoff? Are teams doing things differently, or are teams just kind of just lining up and drilling it deep each time?
1: You know, it, it's been a mixed bag depending on the teams that you're looking at. Bailey, you know, I, I went through and I charted all his kicks, and honestly, he was pounding him deep on every single one. You look at the distance that he covered on his kicks, uh, and keep in mind it's 65 yards from the uh, the, the kickoff line to the end zone. Bailey's kick 75, 74, 73, 71, 69, 67 in descending order. So every single one of them from Dan Bailey going into the end zone, and he's pretty much a machine. He's right around 4.3 seconds a hang, right down the middle every time. So Dallas, pretty you know, they don't mess around. They tell you pretty much what's coming uh, and and pretty much just say, look, we're gonna boom it deep and make you take a touchback. It's not the same from other teams, and in particular, what we saw from Steven Goskowski of the Patriots on Sunday night, Goskowski really varied what he was doing, dropping a couple you know, towards the corners right on the goal line to try to entice a returner to come out, uh, booming a couple deep when he had the opportunity, so there, there are different approaches from different teams. In general, what we have seen so far this year, a little bit higher percentage of kicks that are being returned. It's still too small of a sample to see if this is going to be something that holds up. So generally, I'm probably looking until realistically somewhere around week four before I start to make any uh, big statements about you know whether teams are doing this on a consistent basis. But you know, different approaches for different teams. Dallas pretty much saying, "Look, we're booming it straight down the middle, trying to kick it through the uprights every time." New England coming out saying, "Hey." We're going to move this around and try to change this up, and you know, really give you some different things to look at, and hopefully vary our coverage as well. So, a lot of different things that we've seen in Week One, uh, and I think it's going to really be a pretty interesting first quarter trying to figure out which teams are, you know, maintaining different strategies from week to week here.
0: Let's stay with the New England Patriots and Stephen Gostowski. You know, the Patriots um, undermanned. They've got Brady out. They, you know, Soldier didn't make the trip. Uh, Gronk didn't make the trip. They go down to Arizona and come up with a victory. Steve Goskowski played a big role in that win, had a couple of big field goals. What did you see from his performance on Sunday night?
1: Well, Goskowski's one of my favorite guys to watch. He and Bailey... Uh, have very, very similar mechanics. Goskowski is a little bit more direct and a little bit more linear through the ball while Bailey gets a little bit more rotation coming through his kick. Both of them are incredibly clean when you talk about the skip steps that you see coming through the ball. I love both of their follow-throughs. Goskowski nailing a 47-yarder in uh, the first half, you know, obviously big kick, and especially when you talk about the uh, the missed 47-yarder at the end of the game for Chandler Catanzaro, you know, to be able to come out and make that kick, you know, that that is effectively your winning points. We didn't know it at the time, but that field goal is pretty big for you there. Also nailing a 32-yarder as well as a 53-yarder, you know big kick in the... uh, I believe that was towards the end of the year, the start of the fourth quarter, I'm sorry, when he hit that 53-yarder. So... You know, big weekend for Goskowski as well. And look, he is. And to borrow a, a phrase from, I forget which one of the American Pie movies. You know, Stephen Goskowski is as consistent as gravity. It's just you know, you wake up, you know what you're going to get from him. And you know, obviously had it had a tough uh, you know tough break in the postseason where you know missed an extra point that ended up costing New England that playoff game against Denver. No ill effects here. I mean he's three for three on field goals with a forty seven and fifty three yarder, two for two on extra points, bounces back, he's placing the ball wherever he wants on kickoffs. He looks good, man. He he looks good and it it's good to see him, you know, doing that after uh what was a tough playoff performance or a tough not tough performance even, just you know, a tough break with the way that game ended up shaking out
0: speaking of how games ended up shaking out at the end of that game, the missed field goal, Arizona had a chance to win that game, looked to be perhaps a bad snap. What were your thoughts when you saw that that play, from the snap to the hole to the kick?
1: Yeah, there's really no doubt that it was a bad snap, actually. The uh, the snap that ended up coming back to holder, Drew Butler, who's also the punter for the Cardinals, it was low and outside. And I'm sure – I mean, you, you've been a holder, Mark. I mean, that ball was – you know, a foot outside of where he was expecting it and also pretty much skimming the ground. How hard is it to reach out and not fall over when you're trying to grab that?
0: Yeah, I mean, low and outside, I mean, there are two places you really don't want it. Low and outside, it's tough um, because you've got to reach and then put the ball back. And, you know, at that point, you're using both hands and then you're hoping you can place it where it's supposed to be. Um, Because, again, you've got that left hand down for a right-footed kicker um, sort of as a placeholder for where you want the ball to be. Uh, where the kicker wants the ball to be and you don't want it high because high it's you know tough to react and get the hands up in time um, so, so that's you know w- one of the two hardest places to have the ball snap to you and then to get it back down I mean the holder I thought did a pretty good job of you know trapping it and trying to get it upright right uh, for the kick but you know it's still a tough you know that's tough all around for the kicker and the holder at that point
1: yeah I mean I, I thought Butler did a tremendous job getting this ball as close as possible to where you want it. He got it up, it was maybe an inch outside where he wanted it, uh, but pretty much right on the spot. I mean, a little bit off, but it's, it's within the margin of error that you should be able to make that kick at. You know, he's got it tilted towards him, so it's tilted away from the kicker just like a kicker likes it. The one thing that potentially stood out, the ball might have been tipped forward a little bit, which can sometimes affect the trajectory a little bit. But honestly, this this one, and Catanzaro is a guy who I like. He is a young kicker that I think has, in general, a very nice motion. I wrote about him last year, and I think he has the potential to make a jump this year. But he's got to make kicks like this if he wants to. You know, this this is the kind of kick that, look, I know the snap was off. I know the timing was off. The uh, The snap to kick time on this was about 1.4 seconds compared to the 1.2 that you typically operate at in the NFL. So, it wasn't ideal, but you gotta be able to hit that kick if you wanna be an elite kicker. Katinzar is still a very good kicker, but you gotta be able to hit those kicks under pressure in key situations, even when things aren't going right. You know, we we can talk about this all day, but you know, Adam Vinatieri in the snowball game could have made all kinds of excuses, oh my footing was bad, I couldn't see the ball, I couldn't do this. Look, came out Looked ugly, didn't really, you know, the thing flew like a duck, but it went through the uprights, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. So Catanzaro didn't get it done here. He's a good kicker. He's a good young kicker. He's going to be able to bounce back, but he's got to be able to hit these kicks.
0: we got some other kicking storylines that I want to get into, but before we do, I want to remind our listeners that crossover football can help coaches win more games and make smarter use of the film room with their teams. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or mobile device. Your formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your team's own terminology. You can create custom highlight reels for your players, and you can exchange video with anyone on any platform. That's including all of your players and coaches. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com pylon. That's crossover with a K, Dot com slash pylon to get one breakdown for free today now chuck i want to start the last half of the show here blair walsh obviously we saw how his season ended last year in the playoffs missing that field goal against seattle that would have given the vikings a playoff win comes out and misses i think his first two kicks of the year
1: Misses his first two kicks of the year also uh missed an extra point attempt as well in this game it, it <laughs> It was not a pretty game from Blair Walsh. Ended up finishing, I believe it was. I'm pulling up my chart right now just to take a look. He was four of six on field goals, on extra points. He was one of two. You know, it's it, that's not going to get it done in the long run. I can tell you. You know, the the last four kicks that you saw from Walsh in this game, they looked better. You know, they, they looked better. But you know, Walsh. The first kick, I'm watching it. And you can tell he's a little jacked up for it. You know, he's got this ultra focused look. He's a little, a little bit twitchy there, and you could tell that it was kind of in his head that this was the first time he was back in a game. So, you know, it took him a couple kicks to sort that out. I wouldn't cut bait on him. You know, I, I'm not. He's a guy who showed, you know, a pretty good leg over the course of his career to this point. You know, he's still a young guy, and. From my perspective, I generally believe you give kickers about 3 to 4 weeks to sort out their issues and figure out if they're able to still contribute at the level they need to. So, I hope that the Vikings don't simply start bringing people in and, you know, saying, "Okay, we need to find someone else for week 2 or week 3." You know, I'd like to see them give him a few weeks just to see if he settles in because look, those first two kicks, that they were not good misses. Everything was all out of whack in terms of his timing. I mean, it's you know I'm watching them and I'm sitting there saying, you know this this does not look good. You've got his hips firing in one direction, his legs going in another, but settles himself down and comes back and makes four kicks, including uh, you know you talk about the kicks that he ends up making. Actually, in this game, you know he ends up making a 52 yarder or a 50 yarder. I'm sorry, when it's all said and done, as well as a 45 yarder, so. Settles himself in, you know, gets himself back to where he could be. But I'll tell you what, you can't take two kicks every game to get settled in. So hopefully he's able to put that behind him now and say, okay, I've built some new rhythm, I've built some new confidence. But, you know, obviously still some question marks there. And, you know, he didn't grade out particularly well in this game.
0: Now the other big kicking storyline that, you know, dominated the airwaves, we talked about a lot on this show, was Roberto Aguayo. Who? Who? I don't know some kid from Florida State. Never heard of him. Huh? Well, you should look him up. I guess he t- kicks for the Buccaneers
1: now. Is he good or is he bad? <sighs> I guess he. I don't know. You <laughs> tell me. Yeah, R- Roberto Aguayo had the exact kind of week that you want to see from a, a rookie kicker in Week One. It was pretty nondescript. It was it was very boring, and I like that from kickers, especially you know a guy like Aguayo who has to work a little bit in order to keep a low profile. It's good to see that. You know, he comes out, he's got one field goal attempt from 43, drills it right through, looks good on it. He's got four extra point attempts, nails all four of those. So, you know, he comes in, he's not being challenged with 50 and 60 yarders right off the bat like Will Lutz from uh, New Orleans and we can talk about that a little bit as well. But You know, he comes in, he does what he has to do in week one. You know, this coming off of, you know, another week, I think preseason week four is when he really put it together and was able to get himself going. So, you know, I think he's got himself going in the right direction and hopefully and and again, it's going to be tough for him just because of how he was brought into Tampa Bay. But hopefully he's able to find some relative anonymity. And just kind of go about his business and do his job here. So, you know, that's really what I'm looking for out of him. Uh, and and it was a good start to the regular season for him.
0: You mentioned Will Lutz with Tampa Bay. Any reason why?
1: Yeah, so Lutz, Lutz is a guy who was a little bit off my radar when uh, it was actually New Orleans. The Saints brought him in. Uh, uh, yeah, and, okay. and, and, and they brought him in for Kai Forbath, who... Doesn't have a very big leg. Kai Forbath is the guy who a lot of teams thought that he might have been uh, pooch kicking on on kickoffs when in reality he was kind of hitting the ball. Um, But you know they bring in Will Lutz who's got a big leg but was inaccurate in college and you know I thought was probably two to three years away from being an NFL level contributor. And you know Lutz in this game. Wasn't really done any favors by the situations he found himself in uh, and, and really what he ended up having to do here. He comes in, he ends up going four for four on extra points, so everything looks pretty clean there. Makes his first field goal, a 42-yarder, but then they, they tried him out there from 50 yards. You know, he puts a good strike on the ball, but he brings it a little bit to the left, and so it ends up missing just wide. He's got a ton of leg there. The thing had the distance to be good from 62-63. um But then end of the game, they tried him out there for a 61-yard attempt, pretty much just because they had to as time was about to expire. And, you know, a 61-yard attempt for a rookie kicker in his first game, look, it can go really well, but there's a pretty good chance he's not going to make that kick. So I reserve judgment on Lutz and where he's going to go. Again, I wasn't particularly high on him coming into this year but maybe new orleans and sean payton know something that i don't apparently they all raved about the tryout that they that he had saying it was one of the best one day tryouts uh that they've ever seen for a kicker so you know i'll see what he does over the next three to four weeks i hope fans are patient with him because again you know you're talking about a 61 yard kick for a rookie that that is not what you want to be throwing your rookie into there um so from my perspective you know, jury's still out on lots. I, I need to watch more tape on him and get him get a couple more games. But you know, tough situations that he found himself in. If he ends up, you know, in a situation like Aguayo was in the first game, we're saying, hey, not a not a bad debut kit for the kid. But uh, unfortunately, what was challenged, I think, a little bit over his skill level to this point.
0: Any other sort of you know negative marks or? I don't want to use the word goats, but any other things standing on the negative side of the ledger from the first week that wasn't kicking?
1: Uh, let's see. Who else did we have? Kickers, punters. Let me take a look here. Riley Dixon in Denver didn't look good. Um, you know, Obviously, I, I'm an outspoken uh, proponent and fan of Britton Colquitt, the former Broncos punter who now finds himself in Cleveland. Riley Dixon did not do himself any favors with his week one performance here. And, you know, he, he's a kid who you and I had seen him down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And, yep. you know, down there I remarked, look, his, his leg just does not look like it's it's NFL caliber, doesn't look quite strong enough. You know, he was below average in distance here, missing by about four yards out of his own end where he needs to be to be an NFL kicker. His hang time was short by about three-tenths of a second. His accuracy was questionable. I was not impressed by what I saw from Riley Dixon in week one. And this, again, kicking in that same Denver atmosphere uh, that uh, Andy Lee was able to be just launching balls in. So Dixon needs to step up and prove it. Okay, he was below where he needs to be to be an NFL kicker. I have yet to really see it from him on a consistent basis, so I need to see that a little bit more from him. Again, you don't cut a rookie punter kicker after one week of struggles. But you need to see, you know, give me a four to five week track record. And if we get to week four or week five and we're still seeing this, you know, it it really raises some questions, I think, about his long term viability there. So he's a guy that I'm going to be watching pretty closely to see if he is able to step up, because to this point, the one time I watched him live, as well as the tape that I've seen, hasn't shown that he's able to get there right now.
0: Well, I'm looking at my watch, my friend.
1: Ooh, I what? think it's our time. It's it's just about beer, cock, my man. Let's. let's it is. Oof. What, what are you doing this weekend? What are, What are you doing? What What do you What do you got in your tap? Um,
0: I I honestly don't know. I've been rocking this uh, Sweetwater Brewing Company Going Coastal IPA. Tell you what, so I IPA with pineapple.
1: I had a I can't remember the the name of it. I had a delicious double IPA from uh, Epic Brewing Company last week that I had two of them and it was I was a little messy cuz I hadn't really eaten a whole lot before but um, let me tell you if you get I'll I'll try to pull the name I can't remember right now but it was about as good as it gets so I'm getting into the heavier stuff now that winter's yeah, coming Yeah it's
0: it's about that time it's it's so great to like go outside in the morning and you feel that slight little nip in the air and
1: you're not sweating immediately
0: Yeah although we had a we had a bit of a little uh you know quick little heat wave down here in the dc area the past week or so
1: yeah we had one of those uh kicking around up here too but i'm ready you know as as the starks say winter is coming my friend winter is coming see i now you're all caught up winter is coming i'm not gonna i i i feel like i'm gonna give spoilers away so i'm just gonna shut my mouth instead yeah that's all you have to do
0: folks that will do it another week in the books of the inside the pylon quick kicks podcast pretty good slate of games coming up this weekend, both at the pro and college level. Check them all out. As you do follow us at it Pollon. We'll be tweeting throughout the weekend, some of our articles, some of the stuff that we've got going on at inside the Pylon, all the podcasts we've got rolling for you. Um, you know, Check us out each day at InsideThePylon.com. You can like us on Facebook, Facebook.com InsideThePylon. We will be back next week covering all the action this weekend. for my friend Chuck Auto, Mark Schofield, until next time, thank you for listening to the Inside The Pylon Quick Kicks Podcast.